Oklahoma Theater Geeks, hit record and explore their new addiction to 5e Dungeons and Dragons. This podcast features live play as well as episodes taking you behind the curtain as the Dungeon Master and players discover more about the world's greatest role-playing game. The D20 to Curtain podcast is not just live play, but a unique D&D experience bringing creators and community together to elevate each other's games and make each RPG session a critical hit. So are you ready? Let's bring up the curtain because... It's the cast Support the Dungeon Masters Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer, so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer, or three, or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Bill. Hey, Scott. Hey, Lou. And Hello. I'd like to welcome the cast of the D20 to Curtain. Hey, how are you? Hello. Hello. Awesome. Thanks awesome. for coming. We're really looking for forward to this, guys. For I'm living for that sweet this mandolin awesome. and that, that thing. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that a mandolin. Jamming out. Well, before we get started, um, I'd like to play a, a little clip, and I'd like to hear what your thoughts are when this, when this whole scenario happened. I think this is one of my favorite episodes, and I'm going to play this little clip, and, tell, and once it's done, you can tell me what went through your guys' mind as this was happening. Great icebreaker. Yep. Uh, as you walk to the door, approaching it with Lapis in front of you. Uh, I'm going to look to the person who unlocked it and say, back off, she's dangerous. And he steps back. I'm going to shoot my head up, gasp at his performance. <laughs> you, you gasp at his performance? I mean, like, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm kind of watching. Yeah, I, I can't. Guess. No, you said you gasped. I guess, gasped I, guess I do. I guess. So, one of the, the cultist gasp at the, at the prisoner. I was thing. just joking. I was just kidding. It's like a joke. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you just now figured out that that was a bad idea. It's what you did. No, you I'm going to say that when you gasp out loud, Langdon Joseph looks at you. It's your problem. I don't say anything. Oh my God. Langdon Joseph moves oh one of his henchmen out of the way and steps towards you. I. 
What's your problem? I'm just really excited about what's going to happen to her. <laughs> a, a deception check. <laughs> it's in your wheelhouse. I know. Girl, come on, girl. Come on, girl. Oh, you get me killed. Don't you get me killed. 17. Don't get me killed. He looks at you. <laughs> I'm excited too. I, I will say that that's probably one of my favorite episodes because of what happened right then and there. Hera, you're never going to live that down. No. I'm not expecting that. And <laughs> never living that down. I was like texting. I was texting my daughter. I was like, "Please bring me wine." <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is, is we recorded just the week before we were talking about you know play styles and stuff. And one of the styles I've used for decades is if you say it at the table, your character did it, unless you otherwise say out of character or use some kind of you know sign or something like that. And I don't know how many times I've caught players. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna walk up and yeah, slap the sheriff. Oh, oh I was just kidding. Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> and they're like, oh, he did it again. So he's like, you gotta hear this. You've got to hear this. <laughs> I, I in particular, uh, about how things go at the table. And when I heard that, I went, oh, that is so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> and, and I wept for you yeah. because. I feel your pain. Oh, he's been caught in that trap a whole bunch of times. Yeah. I, I got uh, instantly, you know, after being so bold and cocky, quite quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Sit there. But, but yeah. I will say, you know, Jerome handled that with expertise, I'll just say. Yeah. That was very much so. I was like, yeah. that was a good way to handle it. And what you was, know what's funny? I think I had just heard your episode where you talked about um, yep. pre- no, prior to that moment. So I kind of went, hey, wait a minute. There's one of those places. I'm doing it. We're going for it. I'm usually awesome. the bad example. So <laughs> I'm kind of used to that. <laughs> Don't do what Kara does. But it, it was, I like I said, that was probably one of my most memorable episodes because of that. <laughs> and um, I thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. That's beautiful. It's one, of, it's one of those cool things about the table is that even something like that, which is kind of a mistake, I guess, if you want to label it some way, but it makes the game better. That screw up actually improved the game and improved the storytelling, and that's that's what you want to be there for and present for, and hopefully you're mindful enough to catch it when it happens and not make a mistake and say, oh, no, 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 we'll just scrap that. No, keep it. It's lovely. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, I, I offer plenty screw-up moments, so <laughs> there you go. That's my... We call it the chaos factor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The wild card. <laughs> That's our loop. But chaos with a K, you know. Oh, there you go. Chaos factor. I like that, Timmy. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> so let's start with a plug. You can find them on the web over at d20thecurtain.com. You can find their podcast over on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Podchaser. And definitely they're well worth a listen. If you're heading over to Podchaser to listen, leave a review. If those platforms aren't your scene, then head over to YouTube. D20 to Curtain is there, too. All the links for the above will be in the episode description. 
definitely check these guys out. They are awesome. They are. Like I said, they had my attention from day one. And I am upset that I have to wait for until next week, the 18th, when this is released. (laughs) (laughs) They are. And you guys are my preference over Critical Role. Um, ah, I have, that's I a have, huge compliment. Honor. I have since uh, I've since broken up with uh, Matt Mercer and crew, and um, yeah, I'm 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 in uh, Jerome Stevenson and the cast of D twenty to Curtain's Corner now because uh, you were my preference. And and, and, and you guys you guys are you got we usually got as our benchmark for how we sound. At least we try. We try. Yeah, we try. Wow. That's yeah, some of the credit there has to go to Jerome and his hard work because Definitely. some of us are loud yeah. and some of us are not. And I know that it's <laughs> a lot of his hard work at the editing table. Yeah. Like, yes. Um, he does all the, really, he does all the work. We just kind of show have, up and wing it. And he's like, up. I prepared <laughs> and studied and wrote notes. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm just going to show up and stab people. I'm like, I brought food. <laughs> we tried the same thing. Then Lou makes us work. Yeah, he's me. No. He's a taskmaster. He's horrible. Somebody's got to do it. He, yeah, he, true, because we do need it. it. I will say also as a DM, he does a great job of like out of game posing questions that get, it makes it, at least for me, uh, it makes me think, you know, they're thought provoking. They kind of help me direct where I want to go and, and, and things that I don't always think about or sees things that I don't always see. So I appreciate that. And well, and for, for me, I'm a new player. This is like my first time playing and Jerome kind of let me come in and figure things out, but I couldn't have done that without his guidance. I mean, he has, we had a lot of character discussions and what do we see and what do we think and how can we find this fully formed humanoid type person. And, and he is what really brought his enthusiasm is what brought me to the table to begin with. You guys and, don't and sound have, inexperienced. No, though. I when I listen to your podcast, I'm, I'm the only one that's inexperienced. Everybody else has played. Before. Well, no, well, well, I mean, we've only been playing for a few years. Most of us, I mean, <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer is probably our most experienced player. Definitely. Yeah. She's our rule master. <laughs> There's yeah. got to be one. Well, well, yes, there has. So with that said, That's you know, uh, just like the D20 to current, let's introduce the, the crew. So I'll let you guys, you know, start with uh, Jerome and go on your, 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 your way. Uh, I'm Jerome. I'm the dungeon master. I'm Timothy, and I'm Allie. I'm Kara, and I play Nezarin. I am Jennifer, and I am Ula Reed. I'm Jared. I'm Jade. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Jody, and I play Lapis. Oh, awesome. So how, how did you all meet? Uh, was it through the theater or some other um, avenues? At the Pollard Theater in Guthrie, Oklahoma, is where we all, Jerome, Jared, and I work there. And then Kara and Jody has done shows there, and Jennifer met Jerome there. And that's how we met, was at the theater. It all kind of started mm-hmm. at the Pollard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how long ago was that? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Timothy <laughs> and I have known each other for, I don't know, uh, longer Over than I can 20 years remember. Uh, yeah, 20 <laughs> years or so. Uh, and then Jared uh, has been with us yeah. for 10 or so. And yeah, I think 10. Right? Yeah, 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, I think I did my first show there 11 or 12 years ago. I did my first show there. It was only like six years ago now. Six years ago? Yeah. Like, anybody? Back. I don't know. That's a line the first time. So. Yeah. I had, and then Jennifer <clears throat> and I had mutual friends there, and she would see tons of shows there, and we actually got engaged on the Pollard mm-hmm. stage. We sure oh, did. nice. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does one get into theater? They don't, don't like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to grow up. You don't want to grow up and you want to play pretend and and you have no other skills. Yeah, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm like speak Thank for you. yourself. Doesn't seem too hard. <laughs> yeah. So a bunch of theater geeks, you know, they get together and play D D. Tell how tell us all how all this came about and why a podcast. It started we, with my birthday. Yeah. I mean, technically. Really? Uh, Do tell. I played, I played for, you know, all, almost all of my youth. I played 2E, 3E, 3.5, skipped 4, and started watching Critical Role. And Jerome says, you know, I think I want to run a game for you. And so we all got together on the stage at the Pollard and played a game of Dungeons & Dragons. And I think everybody was hooked from the jump i don't want to speak for all of you but oh yeah we were all hooked oh no uh, well you guys were talking about it i had played when i was in high school too and i had never when they were they were just kind of like talking about after show and i was like what D I i played like three e and so i was like i want in i want in and then i just kind of bothered my way in i feel so I think, old yeah. when she says i played three when i was in school yeah and I'm like, <laughs> I played 3E when I was in my late 40s. <laughs> my God, I'm old. <laughs> I think we're all in that boat. <laughs> and the big question is, though, Jerome, what's it like having a wife that plays D&D? This, that's like uh, the holy grail no, of getting to culture. You have no idea how envious best. we are. Well, you know, like, I've heard... You guys talking about, and I can't remember who was talking about it, but they were talking about the the beer fairy showing up with the beer. And oh, that's my wife. On. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, my wife would be be in the space with me. She would be like, we we painted minis together, and we kind of went through a phase where we were doing terrain together and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, she introduced me to the game, so I didn't know anything about it, but I knew she was obsessed with watching these guys play on Critical Role and. And thought, okay, I'll hire a guy, and and then we decided we would do a game together. Now, my wife is a really smart person, so I have to be, I have to ask a lot. Please, don't uh, don't tell me every time I get a rule wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one time you can tell her she's not right. <laughs> no, that's not the way that works. <laughs> oh, give it a couple of decades; it'll mellow out. <laughs> I always love when you guys have those moments because it's like mom and dad fighting or something, but you never like fight. But, but we're all like, yeah. everything gets like stone quiet and just like, Ooh. <laughs> what was it? The Sturges. The Sturge. The Sturge. The Sturge. 
I said there's just one. It's a sturge, and I could just see his face. I, uh, <laughs> I heard it in his voice. I just, I just remember the hobble. We went on and on about the hobble, and that that wasn't that wasn't Jerome though, was it? I said we hobble the horses, and everybody was fighting with me that that meant that I cut their hooves off, and I'm like, I have read a whole lot of fantasy novels. <laughs> I was picturing James Con in misery. <laughs> oh, it became a thing. Yeah. I never park my horse anymore. I'm like, I hobble. I hobble it. it. I hobble it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's but it's beautiful. also cool because she lets me buy books, so I don't have to. I don't typically have to ask permission to buy a bunch of new books because I'm. I like you guys have that disease of I got to buy it right now. Yeah. Just, um, whether yeah. or not I'm using it or not. So and for it's, what it's worth, that lasts forever. That disease, by the way. It, oh. it lasts forever. <laughs> yeah, the, no, no amount of medication's gonna control it. Okay, which one of you has the largest collection of dice? I was gonna say the same thing, but I was gonna call them math rocks. Uh, maybe Jennifer. Maybe. Math rocks. I don't know. I've, I've got a pretty Crystal bad man. collection. <laughs> Mine's about that big too. But you were the one that got me started. So. Oh, that's that kind of small. That that's cute. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, that's, you'll get there. Keep trying. I got a tackle box full. Everybody thinks I'm an outdoorsman. I think it's funny. Yeah. I'm not going outside. Despite nope. the fact that he wears plaid all the time. Yeah. It's it's a facade. Well, I think in the last, I don't know, 10 years, uh, Bill's, and I, we have a weekly getaway, or did up until, you know, these times where we uh, would go away and Bill would bring a gumball machine and probably fill it about a quarter fill of candy and the rest were dice. I put I put two pounds. Well, it's two pounds of dice, which actually fill about a third of the machine, and then another eight pounds of gumballs and candy or, or M and M's or whatever. And these guys will empty this twice. Grown men, grown men to get more dice. And then it's like watching them look at their Yu Gi Oh cards. I'll trade you three of the purple for that one blue. You know, it's just and until two in the morning. You hear the gumball machine crank, 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 crank. Bill, I need more quarters. I'm freaking sleeping. It's two in the morning. But I need quarters. I've always been the person that everybody said was hard to buy for for Christmas. So I used to get like a pair of fuzzy socks from everybody. And now I get dice from everybody. So just that alone has been like... I got like a, like a little storage tub of ones that I haven't even touched yet. I'm like, eh, yeah, those are nice dice. Thanks. Get around to them. That's good. They wear out though. That's why you need extras because then they start rolling low numbers and they break. Yeah. That's yeah. only for Scott. Oh. Yeah, his start broken right out of the package. He starts broken mm-hmm. right out of the package. I we think. always have Jennifer bless our dice before before we start. She it does works a little so well. says a little prayer. Yeah, <laughs> I think there was one Not one year in our, in our getaway where Scott didn't hit anything for Nothing. the whole campaign. Nothing. The entire campaign, for the whole week, never we never struck anything. And Not we really and we played from eight a.m. saving throw till midnight at till midnight eight a.m. till midnight, and we played for four gate four days straight. And not wow. a single time did he make a successful attack roll. My dice. Sucked. Wow. I think I would have tossed really? those to the side. He tossed yeah. many a dice. I understand that. <laughs> I understand I that. that pain. Furniture. <laughs> you guys, banners of the, I mean, are you, are you against the, the digital dice? I am. I am. Uh, I was, but I recently played a game online and my digital dice were doing pretty good by me. So I don't know. <laughs> That's because he, he couldn't touch them. I couldn't touch them. <laughs> so uh, I don't. I don't See, know. I, I'm a, I'm a uh, 
I don't know. I have to tactile, tactile, have to have them in my hands. And I'm one of those people that can make any set of dice roll good for me. It drives my players mm. nuts. It drives my game masters nuts. Um, I've actually called dice. And it's like, oh, what do I need? Oh, you need a 64 on a percentile. Okay, here you go. 64. Roll. 64. Oh, and no. they're like, no wow. freaking way. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, we, we try not to let him roll his own dice. We'll try to give him ours, and it doesn't work. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> they just fix dice, but otherwise it works every time. <laughs> yeah. Just, but yeah, they've, they've actually taken all my dice away, and I reach over and grab theirs and go, oh, well, let's just grab yours. Oh, hey, what do you know? Another 20. They're like... I, I hate him. Oh, I is it something on the wrist you're doing there? Is there some sort of <laughs> yes. it's, I, what is that? No idea. It just it has always worked for me. Always. Wow. I hate I, playing with I'm him. I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah, just just for a little background, you know, um they actually named his dice the twins and they actually called this table the Mamatorium. <laughs> yes. Cause he, he doesn't roll behind a screen, he rolls out in the open. I am not a screener. Oh. So it, yep. it's it's always a valid roll, and everybody's like, "Just what that?" I, <laughs> I have two matching yellow dice, and I call them the twins. And if I break them out, the table cringes. You can hear them cringe, and they're like, "No, no, not the twins." Which is not why I don't sit at his table. I sit at Scott's table. I've I've rolled you know double twenties numerous wow. times, oh, numerous God. times, and they're like, oh, "I've I've t- I've crippled somebody by crushing their head in. I ripped arms off." Uh, legs off because critical holes critical hit is a critical hit um you can you can change your target so instead of just killing them outright rip an arm off Uh, because that's better yeah (laughs) but you know i don't want to kill the characters but i will maim them to complete idiocy uh but yeah the the, yeah they'll they'll take the twins out and they'll they'll hide them on me and then i'll just grab their dice and do the same thing with their dice Rude. Got some bad news, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you guys are in good hands with your own new nicknames. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Stumpy, Lumpy, Bob. <laughs> so, Bob. the D twenty curtain sounds more like a radio drama than a D and D game. This makes it really unique. Did you guys de- uh, did you guys decide on the depth before you began the podcast, or did your game just happen that way? I mean, I I think we we started our gameplay that way. That first day in the the theater, that first game that we played together, we started with that idea, and because that's what mm-hmm. we were interested in. That's the the game that we like. Yeah, cool. Well, it's also your skill set, right? Because yeah, you guys are phenomenal storytellers, all of you are. Because um, you know, even though you're, even though the GM is the lead storyteller, all of you are are taking in the story and telling the story and developing the story. And you guys are phenomenal. Thank you. It's very engaging. Uh, I'll have to say that. Um, Very, very, very engaging listening to the story, the, uh, the, the way characters are portrayed. It's, it's not your average D and D table, you know, but it's the way D and D should be played. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Hmm. I think that, yeah, a lot of people can, do well by listening to a podcast like D20 to Curtain because that's the essence of role playing. Like you're you're role playing. You're playing a role. It's what, you know, acting is. It's what a role playing game should sound like, should be, should you know, there's that the 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 emotional highs, you know, you get behind characters like you would in a TV show. Mm-hmm. I, I think also I think a uh, part for us is that when we tell a story 
we wanted to be a story that it, you know, just like life, it, it has sadness and humor and, and, you know, aggression and issues. And if it's always perfect, it just it doesn't, it kind of takes it out. You know, that it's, what's, what's the goal if you don't have anything to really, you know, conquer, I guess. Relatability. Uh, yeah, it's, it makes well it said. real. Yeah. It makes it feel real. It makes you feel invested too when you play it that way. Yeah, it's, I, it's one of those things you can tell listening to you guys' show. I've heard it. You're not obviously you're not doing live play, but you're talking a lot about a game clearly that you play together. And I've heard you maybe mention, oh, somebody got you know their arm pulled off, and all of you instantly know, oh, this guy, and if you're talking about that guy, which means that moment was memorable for everybody at the table. So I'm always listening and going, yeah, I want to be at that table where two years later you still remember that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, like you said, it's all about memories and um, those memorable moments. Yeah. Like I got hooked, like really, really hooked uh, when Lapis fought the Raiders champion. And I was oh, like, to throw like to throw yeah, home. I was like, holy shit. Are they going to kill her? No, don't I was do that. sweating. I was sweating and shaking, like physically shaking. <laughs> like this was actually happening to me. The way Jerome was telling it, I was going, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It was like that fight or flight, very real panic for me. It was terrifying. We that, were all sweating. That's yeah. all. That, that's, <laughs> that's scary. That's good storytelling there. Yes. When it can do that, and you know, bring, yep. uh, immerse you into it like that. Yeah, that was that was Jerome, and I, I I knew the episode before when he had Langdrosa say, "Send out your champion." I I could just I face palmed and went, "Oh God, I'm going to have to fight this guy, and I'm going to die. I'm never going to survive this." Well, the thing is, I think I was just, telling you. Should, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I, w- I was going to say I, w- I was talking to you guys uh, about that at one point where I was saying when moments like that happen, the really epic moments, it feels like it feels unreal to be a part of it. You know, yeah. you're, we're obviously all invested and, and it resonates with all of us, but you know, sometimes I just kind of take a step back and I'm like, how, how invested am I in this? This is, this is affecting me physically right now. Like yeah. this is, yeah. this is intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you know you have it's a really, really cool. good DM and a good table. Yeah. Not only that, I think as, um, Cause I feel that too. When I'm listening to you guys on, on my, you know, wherever I'm driving to and I'm like, and I'm just getting just as excited or, or anxious to see what happens next. I'm like, so, I mean, you're not only investing the characters, you got me in, in, invested into the, I'm like, God damn it. You know, do this or do that. So it, it did start me on a tangent of where I tease Jerome every episode. He's trying to figure out how to kill me. <laughs> and just hasn't succeeded yet. Every time he puts us into a battle, I'm like, I'm like this is the one where Jerome's going to kill me. There's going to be one. You're like almost Same Sean Timmy. Bean and everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean is my spirit animal. <laughs> How crazy was it that you see him? He shows up in Game of Thrones and you're like, oh, man. Oh, he's right. going to die bad. <laughs> But he's gonna Made die forty-five minutes into that Painfully. series. Yeah. Painfully. So this this next question is for the players. What would you say is your most defining moment for your character? Going back to that battle. That battle with for Lapis, that battle with Langdadrosa, one AD'd that character. Um, and I think that I know that on one of the the behind the curtains, Jerome posed the the question to me of why did Lapis switch so much you know in the in the early episode she was very 
take control and demanding and, you know, very headstrong. And then in later episodes, we see her looking for guidance and looking to other people to lead. And I think a lot of it was because of that battle. It it altered her, extremely altered her. I know it, I mean, it altered me personally, but it, it altered her. It, she lost her confidence. She lost a lot of her strength in herself. Mortality sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she did not have that experience of of having that that fear of of loss of life prior to that that's great character growth next go next <laughs> yeah I was gonna say, <laughs> we should we should popcorn where you if now jody's just say a name we popcorn now. oh i'm gonna name i'm gonna say a name i'm gonna go jared oh oh yes um uh, i you know i don't my, I guess the one of the moments that has that impacted my character, and I guess in in turn me was um, there were the torture sequence um, where Sorry. you know uh, it was just Jade had had this impression of his family, of course, been very close to his family for such a long period of time, and then suddenly he's thrust into a situation where he sees his his siblings in a different light. And not just in a different light, but in a in a very terrifying situation, you know, where someone is being tortured, and um, I, that has stuck with me. And I think as we continue to play, it's something that I still recall as I'm getting into character. I, I remember that moment and uh, and use that to kind of fuel my my uh, trajectory for the remainder of the episode. Sorry so. about that. <laughs> yeah, Didn't I always have... reference the kneecaps too. I'm always like the kneecaps. It was the kneecaps that got me. You were like, you're just like, <laughs> let's, let's just move those suckers around a little bit. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> I had if Ula hadn't stopped that, it was going to get a lot worse. I will say that it was going to get a lot worse. Well, yeah. Thank, thank, thank heavens she did. I'll, I'll, I'll popcorn straight over to to Jennifer then. Well, I'm going to share the same defining moment with you. Um, mine was definitely the torture scene and for both as a player and as a character, um, because I like the structure of Dungeons and Dragons and I like, you know, knowing how it works and playing it well. And that was one of those moments where I learned that this, this isn't necessarily what the podcast is about. Um, and so I kind of learned twofold and then, you know, as far as for Ula, the, the good and bad, the what's good and what's right has been back of mind from the jump. And that was the first kind of really bald example of those two things aren't the same thing. Well, Kara, I can see you. <laughs> ah, uh, um, honestly, every episode I have a defining moment. Um I, every episode I have a defining moment, I think because my character is a classic chaotic neutral, I'm always, I don't know, kind of every episode I feel like it's projecting the character forward and figuring herself out and figuring out her desires and figuring out what direction she's, you know, planning for herself in life. And every time I play an episode, it's like kind of like a scar, I guess you'd say, but just another layer to uh 
growth and development. I mean, I just feel like I have a lot at this point where cracking eggs and <laughs> running off to caves, you know, it's different stuff. <laughs> Timmy. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, well, that set us off all off was, you know, the death of mama that brought us all back together and just made us sort of reevaluate our lives. Um, but I think whenever I made the decision to return the gems or the gold reserves to Green Nest, and it made me realize that Allie wants to be a better person. And so he has to start making those steps to become a better person for his family. So it's just making that decision and doing that. And then, of course, you know, being pushed off a ladder and dying. But that's another thing. <laughs> you didn't die. You were just unconscious. Unconscious. <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I guess I should say, though, for me, I guess a, a defining character moment is just the whole kidnapping scenario in general. Had a lot happen. And so. Okay. And this next one is for Jerome. What's your GM style and or philosophy? I think the best way I can articulate it, I would say, is I want to try to create a world where my players get to be heroes. And then I want to collaborate with them to create a living story that is worthy of the kind of heroes they want to be. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I want them to tell me, because sometimes they, they may want to be corny kind of, we rush in and do the, you know, Dudley do right kind of thing. But sometimes they want to be firefly. They want to be, you know, kind of anti-heroes and bad guys. And so whatever world, whatever they're wanting to be, I want to make sure that that, that world in the story is, is worthy of that story they want to tell. But in order to do that, it has to mean there are risks, that they can be hurt, that they can be maimed now. Thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks, um, guys. <laughs> and, and, and that way, when it's, it's over, it's a story that would have been worth telling. That's Everything up. else is, that works. is the mechanics. Yeah. How did you end up the DM for the group? Did, did it just kind of start that way after you, you DM'd for uh, the birthday game? Uh, kind of, kind of, you know, I, I, had, like I said, I'd originally wanted to hire a guy cause I thought, Oh, that's going to be too complicated. I don't know anything about <laughs> it. Um, but part of that decision to DM and also the part of the decision to do the podcast kind of came at the same time because I had grown up in, I was a teenager in the eighties. I knew people played Dungeons and Dragons, but I never felt like it was a place that was a place for me at the table. Uh, I don't know why that was. I just didn't. And then there was a satanic panic and there was all that kind of craziness around it and people were like don't do it it's the worst and you're you'll go to hell and all this kind of crazy <laughs> stuff and then you know my wife is addicted to it watching it and i'm sitting here watching these voice actors play it and going okay so it's basically little theater scenes with these dice providing the what if um mm-hmm. and and so then you kind of go this is maybe the coolest thing i've ever heard of why hasn't anybody told me this was here um because it gives adults a, a reason to play pretend and we're told our whole life, don't do that. That's weird. That's nerdy. That's strange. Adults don't do that. And here you're literally giving each other permission. So I was all in at the idea of being a dungeon master. I'm a director, so it made sense. And then we thought, with all the people I knew who were saying, hey, I heard you guys have a game that you play every couple of weeks. And they were saying, I played with a bunch of people who knew how to do the stats, but I'd never played with actors. I wonder what that would be, how that would be different. And my thought was, it's exactly the same. We're still figuring out how to share the spotlight. We're still figuring out when too much scene is too much scene, when, when you need to jump in there and, 
and have a point of view and when you need to back off and make sure you give this person support. Um, it's all part of the process, and that's what makes the whole game awesome is because while your characters are leveling up, I think you as players are leveling up. Well put. Well put. And you're right, because I've I've been playing <clears throat> nonstop for 50 years. Wow. Um, and I've watched, a, including these two, and myself, I've watched a lot of people develop over the, you know, the decades I've been doing this. Um, I've seen, kid, you know, there are some of the people in our group that were um, 10, 11, 12 when I introduced them to the game. Mm. And now they're in their 40s. They still play avidly. Uh, phenomenal players, phenomenal you know, game masters. And it's it's fun to watch that kind of development, you know, from just, you know, the kid going, all right, what is charisma again? You know, <laughs> and now, now they're, like, quoting, you know, the rules out of the book. Right. Um, and, and one of them's like one of the biggest min maxers I've ever seen. And he, know, he's got everything committed to memory and all right, these stack. No, no, they don't. All right. I know the rules as well as you do, but nice try. Good, good, good going. But um, yeah, you're right. The, the, the players develop as well. And, and that enriches the characters and enriches the story. It's very gratifying to see. Yeah. Oh, very, very, very much gratifying. so. Very much so. Yeah. Well, it really is. So you have a unique uh, community-oriented uh, model for your podcast. Tell us more about uh, about the guests you have in Harper's Tale One Shot. Well, uh, like the guest, the guest idea came from we wanted we wanted to introduce this to as many people as we could because when I first started pursuing the idea of dungeon mastering. I went to our local game store. It was shout out Game HQ, or um, <laughs> and and I thought I was. It's weird. I'm kind of embarrassed now, but I was kind of nervous about going in there and asking these guys to share their world because it was like this is ours and you don't you're new. And, but everybody was so generous and everybody was so. Oh, you don't really want. You don't need that. Just buy this or try this or hey, look at this book. And I wanted. You know, I was playing the game with my friends and everybody was excited about it. And we play for three hours and talk about it for an hour and a half. And I was like, I want to share that with as many people as possible. Uh, people who have never played before. People who are, as my wife has informed me, grognards. Who come to the <laughs> table and bring and bring their years of experience and, and, and share with me, you know, again, new things that I can do. Oh, I can take their arms off. I absolutely could do that. that You're welcome. That makes sense now. <laughs> oh, trust me. You'll be getting a car. You'll be getting a gift basket. <laughs> uh, I'll send you my email. Just, you got any questions? I'll, I'll tell you how to. I'll tell you how to tear them apart and have them thank you afterwards. I feel like we're gonna need to like name our appendages after them now. <laughs> this is my arm. I call it Scott. <laughs> I never take limbs. <laughs> I'm the draconian one. Yeah, I'm the social yeah. worker, as he puts it. <laughs> But yeah, we wanted to we wanted to share that with as many people as possible, and and theater people. We were shocked at how few theater people had ever played before, um, and how few players had ever played with theater people, and it felt like two separate communities. So we wanted to bring that together, and then the Harper's Tale thing just came because we found that extraordinary module that that young girl had written um, when she was going through such a difficult um, time. Uh, Harper Corley and her dad Matt Corley put together this thing where they were working with uh, friends of kids with cancer. And I thought that's the coolest thing. And I wanted to play with kids cause I wanted to see how it might be different. And I discovered 
they don't yet have they don't yet have it beaten into their heads that what they're doing is weird. They still think it's cool to pretend. And so they're instantly better at it. They're just like fully engaged from moment one and they sound like a little adult and you're like, you get to do your favorite thing, which is give them a scenario and then just sit and watch. <laughs> cool. And we'll be replaced in a couple with, of weeks with some minors. <laughs> when we come back for next season, you won't see okay. us anymore. Hi, I'm Nazarene. Like, wait, what? No. <laughs> there won't be any torture, so we, we don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, that's true. They won't torture the way I do. Plus, I think I could take kids' limbs <laughs> off, and I want to try that. I'm looking forward to it now. <laughs> I've created a monster. <laughs> And I'm glad. (laughs) Jerome will be like, remember that scene where you tortured that guy? I'm going to show you how that feels. (laughs) So what do you see for the future for the D20 to curtain? Go ahead, Jared, Timmy. Besides being replaced by children. Do I have to say, do you want me to say it? Uh, So, so you obviously we want to get a a giant blimp. Um, but that's kind of the plan. Um, something Hindenburg, like death, mill- maybe not filled with the same. What, what was that? Shaped like Timmy? the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah, it's like shaped like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that we're and the VW VW van attached for Jerome to ride in. Yeah, on the ground. But and now yeah. I want to I want to add one of those those candy machines to the no, t shirt <laughs> yeah. cannon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. that's t shirt cannon. Like we got it. I mean, that as we fly over a city, we just shoot Qatar plays. And Qatar yeah. plays on a speed. So a sound system too. It's got like an event center like built into it, you know, so we can do like a traveling D and D show and then, you know, get people on board and have live events. It'd be yeah, it'd be really something. I like it. That's the dream. I like your it. basic uh, reachable goals. Yeah. Bill, Start God small, work your way up. This is my table. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen worse. <laughs> But also, uh, you know, more realistically, although I, I'm not, I'm not saying no. Please to the don't blimp. dash my dream. I'm not saying no to the blimp. I but, guess. Okay, good. What are we working for then? <laughs> but in addition to, we like right. getting better. We like making a better show. Every episode feels better. We learn more, and we hope that we are helping our listeners hear more, learn more, understand more, be better players. That's, I think, ultimately, that's why we did the podcast in the first place, is to, you know, we were learning how to be better players. Why not take some folks on the journey? I mean, and yeah, build play, build followers. We we want to share what we're doing with others and, you know, kind of spread the word that it's deep role play is not intimidating. It just because every time I, I mean, every time I meet people, New players, experienced players. That's one of the things that I hear the most when I listen to the podcast. They're like, I play with a group of guys. It's all statistics and rules. And I wish there was more of that. I want to feel like I'm in the Game of Thrones. And it's just like, just just do it. Just you know, don't be scared to do it. All you have Drag to do is just along. do it. Yeah, them make it happen. With you. Yeah, start saying stuff. Be like, I gross. feel in my emotions. <laughs> Growth. I want. I want to happen in, with the show. The same thing that's happened on this podcast interview today. I want to learn more. Yeah. I want to. I want to include yeah. a community that shares with us, that sends us notes and says, "Hey, did you know?" Or I discovered this. You know, the same way they do about, "Hey, there's a new book that's coming out today." Um, I want them to say, 
here's information that I've gained over my 40 or however many years I've been playing. Cause I just started in my forties. So I got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> and honestly, that's why we, we ask for reviews all the time and feedback. And it's, it's not because we're just trying to get you, you know, in, I mean, we're, yes, we're trying to get you involved. It, it's not like a, a marketing ploy. It's literally because um, we grow through their growth and, and their understanding and their information. And when people come to us and ask why, or, you know, this could have been this way or just anything, it helps us, you know, make our game better. Yeah. Agreed. Well said. And that's our episode with the cast of D20 to Curtain. You can find them on the web over at D20 to Curtain.com. You can find their podcast over on Amazon music, Apple podcast, Sam pod chaser, if you're heading over to Podchaser or Apple Podcasts to listen, leave a review. If those platforms aren't your scene, then head over to YouTube. D20 to Curtain is there, too. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. See you next time. See you time. next time. That's going to conclude this episode. Dojo. Thanks for tuning we in. We sound listening. like this Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.